This podcast is sponsored by the Primal Blueprint Expert Certification. Want to become an authority in the ancestral health community? Join the ranks of today's top experts in paleo and primal living by completing the Primal Blueprint Expert Certification, the world's premier program in primal lifestyle principles. Start today for only a dollar down by visiting primalblueprint.com slash get hyphen certified. The following Mark's Daily Apple article was written by Mark Sisson and is narrated by Brock Armstrong. The Primal Laws. Seven more honorable mentions. A couple months back, I gave you a list of primal laws that didn't quite make the cut, either because they weren't big enough or didn't apply to enough people. Turns out I was probably wrong. The response was huge and many of you were on the same wavelength. You even offered up some of your own ideas for honorable mentions. So today, I'm giving you seven more honorable mentions that almost deserved a spot on the final list of primal laws. Listen to the podcast, take what resonates with you, and discard what doesn't. But give the list a fair shake and really consider how adopting these laws could improve your life. First, here are the 10 main laws from the Primal Blueprint. Number one, eat lots of animals, insects, and plants. Number two, move around a lot at a slow pace. Number three, lift heavy things. Number four, run really fast once in a while. Number five, get lots of sleep. Number six, play. Number seven, get sunlight every day. Number eight, avoid trauma. Number nine, avoid poisonous things. And number 10, use your mind. And these are the eight honorable mentions. Number one, hang out with dogs. Number two, gaze at the stars whenever you can. Number three, go frequently to a green place. Number four, consort with natural water. Number five, direct your gaze toward distant objects and sights. Number six, consume stories. Number seven, sit around a fire. And number eight, Make yourself useful. And just for good measure, if you head over to marksdailyapple.com and find this post, I'll put a link to the 10 Habits of Highly Successful Hunter-Gatherers from the book Primal Connection. Okay, so, what are the next seven? Well, here we go. Number one, go barefoot whenever possible. You've probably grown tired of barefooters waxing poetic about their foot having more muscles, more nerve endings, and connective tissue than any similarly sized piece of real estate on the human body, and about how sticking our feet in overly protective, stiff-soled shoes atrophies those muscles, blunts those nerve endings, and weakens the connective tissue. All that's true, though, and being barefoot whenever possible is an important part of my primal life. It should also be part of yours. Notice I didn't say training while barefoot. Training while barefoot isn't necessary. It can be fun, and it makes running healthier and more efficient, so long as you do it correctly, but it's the walking, the ambling around, the going about your daily life in a barefoot state that really pays off. 
Oh, and it's usually possible. Going barefoot in strange places requires a little gumption, but when it's not, minimalist shoes, zero heel drop, or as close to it as you can handle, minimal padding so as your feet feel the ground, they can really do the trick. When it isn't possible, when you've spent your entire life wearing shoes and you have feet weakened to the point of decrepitude, you can't just go barefoot. You have to pick and choose selectively. You have to work your way up to a barefoot dominant lifestyle. Number two, don't get too comfortable. The world has been made comfortable, safe, and sterile. Modern life shields us from acute stressors, ambient temperature extremes, the shock of cold water on our bodies, and the immediate threat of death and dismemberment. That's great for infant mortality and GDP and other admittedly legitimate and objective markers of progress, but it might be making us weak, or even fat. To be healthy, happy, well-adjusted humans, I'd argue that we need exposure to acute stressors, particularly if we want to be better equipped to handle the chronic stressors life heaps upon our shoulders. Now, don't be foolish. There's no need to face death. Some people get their fix by jumping off bridges or rappelling down cliffs or climbing up them. Others do cold plunges into rivers in the dead of winter, or expose their bodies to extremely high temperatures in saunas. Still, others are making themselves uncomfortable by turning the heat off during the winter and making a point to walk around outside in cold weather in minimal clothing. Evidence is emerging that these encounters with uncomfortable situations make us stronger, healthier, and happier. They fortify us. They help us appreciate the mundane creature comforts of life. There's nothing like a hot shower after a week spent backpacking through the tundra. Whatever you choose, know that you'll have to choose. Given the nature of the world we've constructed, you must willingly submit yourself to intensely unpleasant experiences. They're too easy to avoid otherwise. Number three, get plenty of leisure time. Money isn't the only measure of wealth. Free time to relax, to read, to play with your kids, to cook a great dinner with friends, to develop a skill, to play, is another one. And though hunter-gatherers weren't materially wealthy by the standards of this era, they were replete in leisure time. Modern examples of hunter-gatherers who by and large make do with marginal lands work about three to five hours per day and their commutes are shorter, more active, and more interesting than ours. And far more important than simply getting the leisure time is to accept it, enjoy it, and savor it. For if you spend your free time worrying about being productive or mentally going over your to-do list, you're squandering what should be sacred and inviolable, the ground and proud tradition of doing absolutely nothing and loving it. Allow yourself to enjoy yourself. Be okay with doing nothing. Number four, go hungry sometimes. This is a specific example of an acute stressor, perhaps the most stressful of all, going without food. 
Hunger is a powerful spice, and like other spices, this one's got health benefits. It improves fat oxidization rates. It can burn body fat. It can upregulate the enzymes responsible for cellular upkeep and pruning of damaged cellular components. And yes, it makes food taste really, really good. Perhaps, more importantly, it makes your meals more satisfying when you're actually hungry and not just bored or tempted by your brain reward circuitry going haywire. Going hungry doesn't have to mean intermittent fasting. Not everyone does well with that. It can also mean letting yourself get truly hungry between meals, which you should be able to handle without losing your mind, getting crabby, or fumbling through the pantry for snacks. Getting fat adapted will help with that, of course. Number five, explore new areas on foot. As I've made clear before, our human ancestors were explorers, and for the bulk of human history, they did it atop their own two feet. They ambled, meandered, wandered, walked. Sometimes it was to far-off places, like across the Bering Strait or through the Levantine Corridor. Other times it was just over the nearest mountain to see what's out there, beyond. But even when modern hunter-gatherers are relegated to a fairly limited swath of land, they still walk an average of 15 kilometers per day. That's a lot of exploration, and it was pretty consistent and constant. But Sisson, you say, the world's been conquered, except for the ocean and some remote areas of the jungle. There's nowhere left to explore. We've done it all. We? The species has done it. What about you, yourself? Have you hiked one of the world's scariest trails? Have you gone backpacking through the wilderness? Have you even walked to the next neighborhood over or explored your own city on foot? It's a weird thing to travel around in protected boxes with wheels. That's why you see so many people picking noses and reading the paper, tweeting or shouting obscenities and making inflammatory hand gestures as they drive. They feel insulated and separated from the world around them. So get out of your comfort zone. Be willing to move a lot slower than you might be used to moving and start exploring. Number six. Create anything. A life, a business, a book, a bird feeder, a climbing wall for your toddler, a photograph, a song. Use your mind, your hands, or both. Humans are at their most alive when they're creating things out of thin air. When you create something, you become personally invested in it. You have skin in the game. You're more likely to be engaged with life when one of your own creations is part of it. It's not even necessary to display it proudly to the world or even at all. A journal that you write solely for yourself. A drum that you bang on in the quiet darkness when no one's around. A sandcastle that high tide erases. Number seven, be spiritual. Before people jump to shout this one down, allow me to explain. Some people talk to God at Sunday service. Some, including many traditional native cultures, use psychedelic plants to transcend everyday reality. Some people spend decades sweeping up around the ashram and sitting in silent meditation in an attempt to reach that place. 
Modern biohackers attach electrodes to their skulls and track brainwave activity to get there. Still others find spiritual meaning in a sunset, a long hike, doing the dishes, or even a game of pickup basketball. Spirituality doesn't require religion, drugs, meditation, or anything supernatural. It can be anything, as long as it helps you reach that mental sphere where normal, everyday experience gives way to transcendence, and you perceive the present moment as it actually is, a thing of sublime beauty. That's about it for this week, folks. Now, let's hear from you over at MarksDailyApple.com. Which of these suggestions resonates with you? Which will you start exploring? Which ones do you already live? Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Mark Sisson from Mark's Daily Apple. At my blog, I talk a lot about healthy eating and why what tastes good should also be good for you. That's why I created Primal Kitchen Mayo, the first avocado oil-based mayonnaise that contains only the most nutrient-dense, all-natural ingredients. With avocado oil, organic cage-free eggs, vinegar derived from non-GMO beets, and a dash of salt, you can use Primal Kitchen Mayo with reckless abandon. While supplies last, if you go to primalblueprint.com and enter free book at checkout, you'll receive a free copy of my famous Healthy Sauces, Dressings, and Toppings cookbook, along with your purchase of any three-pack of Primal Kitchen Mayo. Healthy Mayo? Hey, who knew?